Hi, and thanks for hitting the snooze button. I'm Neil Headley. Abbreviated episode this week. We decided to take a brand new feature that we've just added for the first time in this episode and give it some room to breathe. So in just a second, we're going to chat with Dr. Linnell Schneeberg about a question that we've selected for this week's show that came from you. And we're going to start doing that with every show from this point forward. We'll have our regular interview with our special guest, and then we'll grab a call or an email from someone who has a question for our panel of sleep experts. There are three ways you can get your question to our panel. The easiest of the three is just leave us a voicemail. The number for that, and we'll repeat it at the end of the show and in the show notes, is one 866 8 That's 1-866-876. 6693. Way easier to remember though. 18668snooze. Also, one quick piece of business to get to before we start this week's show. That's to announce the winner of this week's draw. From all the entries we received, we pulled out a name. We want to congratulate Sherry Hallworth, who listens to the snooze button in Ontario, Canada. Sherry, we're going to get right in touch with you to get you your copy of Guy Leshziner's book, The Nocturnal Brain. And now that we're done with the business. Let's get to this week's question. Well, to be the guinea pig for the very first ever question that our panel of experts takes on the snooze button, I, I couldn't put this in better hands. Dr. Linnell Schneeberg is back from, let's see, the Connecticut Children's uh, Medical Center, director of the behavioral sleep program there, assistant professor at the Yale School of Medicine, and 87 other credits to her credit. Uh, Linnell, thanks for coming back on the show. It's great to be back. Thank you for having me. I wanted to address this one early on because this is among the questions. It doesn't even necessarily have to do with grownups in sleep, but it affects grownups for sure. Uh, because one of the most common questions in the parenting world, which puts it right in your wheelhouse, is when people start asking things like, why on earth is my kid waking up so many times during the night? That's a big one, and that's a popular question. And again, with the with the caveat at the beginning here, we're not giving out medical advice. Uh, this is just sort of broad brushing general the topic. But why do some kids wake up so much at night? So to understand that, you have to know about a certain concept that's called a sleep onset association, which is sort of a fancy sounding behavioral term. And some people call it a sleep crutch or a sleep prop. And what that means is all of us, and certainly kids, have a certain way that we fall asleep. And for kids, sometimes it's having their parent nearby or being rocked or being fed or having their back rubbed or being read to. And so the thing to know about this is the way that you fall asleep at night is the way you're going to need to get back to sleep when you wake up. And everybody, kids and adults, wake up two to six times a night on average. But if you've fallen asleep independently as a child and you wake up at night, you know how to get right back to sleep without needing that thing that you had at bedtime, the rocking or the feeding or the being read to. And so parents will say to me all the time, why does my kid fall asleep so easily but wake up all the time? And usually I say, you know, if you're with them when they're falling asleep, sure, they're going to fall asleep easily and quickly, but then you leave. And then, of course, what happens is they wake up and you're missing. And that's why this happens. Okay, so 
do we remove, uh, let me tell you what's happening in my house. Sure. Um, because you and I covered this when you were actually on for a full show. Um, and I told you about the snoo and the wonderful, uh, yeah. you know, I th- way I think that that set my kid up for some sleep success once we took her out of it at six months. But she's about to hit the 19 month mark. And here's what's interesting that happened. We sort of restructured her bedroom a little bit, and we took out a bunch of things that we weren't really using anymore, including a wipe warmer. That We didn't think anything about it when we took it out, but we realized that after we did this reset, she was having some trouble falling asleep. One of the things that we sort of checked off by process of elimination was that the wipe warmer had sort of a built-in nightlight. Yes. And so what we did, we have this sort of little white noise machine that at the time was sitting under her crib and it was just generating a little white noise for her, but it had a light in it. And we just, because it was under the crib, we never brought it out. You might've seen it in a store. It's, it kind of looks like an owl. Yes, I've seen um, those. Yeah, so it makes noise. It, it can shine light if you want. And it also does this other thing where if you choose this setting, it will shine a, a, a light that looks like the moon and some stars. Yeah. So here's what's happened. Because one of her favorite songs now is I Don't Want to Live on the Moon by Ernie from Sesame Street. Um <laughs> We also turned on the thing that shines the light. Now, she still busts out 12 or 13 hours a night of sleep uninterrupted, although she, every once in a while she'll wake up and she'll squawk at about 3 a.m., mm-hmm. but then goes right back to sleep. And when she does wake up, the interesting thing for us is that she wakes up and she talks to the stuffed animal that's in her bed with her and pointing out making sure that he has seen the moon and that he has seen the stars that are on the ceiling. And she just lies there talking to him about the moon and the stars, sometimes for about 45 minutes before finally she decides, okay, this is enough. I got to get my parents up. Now, to us, that seems like that's gold. I mean, if she can wake up and she lies there for 45 minutes without screaming for us, we feel like we won. But based on everything you're telling me here, like is is the stuff you're saying about the sleep crutches or the sleep onset association, is that a universal or have we just gotten a really lucky kid or are there exceptions or what have I done? <laughs> yeah, I think that she's a great sleeper and has been forever from what I remember, right? And yeah. so I think that in some sleep onset associations are more missable, is that a word? More missable than others. So missing your parent, that's a lot bigger thing, harder thing to miss than having everything with the lighting or the moon or whatever going on. So I think things are still feeling pretty comfortable to her when she wakes up, which is great. And then she sort of lies there, hangs out until she's really ready to call you. And all that sounds fantastic. I think the most problematic, so to speak, sleep onset association is when a parent is nearby and also doing some things, rubbing a back, reading a book. Those are the hardest ones for the kids to adjust to when they're missing. Does that make sense? So if I get what you're saying, it's if there's something there when she falls asleep that's not there when she wakes up, that's where the problem creeps in. Yes. And every now and then you might get away with, you know, some music was playing and now it's off. But if it's something really important to a child, like a parent, that's a lot harder for them to overcome, so to speak. 
Well, and it's funny that you say that too, because now that I think about it, there was a night or two when she was particularly miserable that we put her to sleep with the Ernie song playing on like one of those Google Home speakers that we've got uh, nearby. And And it was playing and she loves the song and it was the one thing that calmed her down and she went to sleep. Well, in the middle of the night... The Google Home, for some reason, lost its network connection and shut off. So the song stopped playing. And when she woke up, she was back to being miserable because the song was gone. So everything you're saying now just completely resonates with the way this has played out in our house because you're right. It was something that was there when she went to sleep, wasn't there when she woke up. And she immediately missed it. I, yeah. I, I feel like every time something's going on with our kid, we need to just call you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and all free. I need to do is just, l- <laughs> right? And I just need to listen better uh, because you've nailed it with this. And I hope that somebody else is sitting there listening to us having this conversation is sitting there thinking, yeah, you know what? Now this makes sense. I know what to try going forward. Now, I, I get that uh, being at Connecticut Children's Medical Center, one of the things for you is, and, and kids are right in your wheelhouse, but you mentioned that this can happen for adults as well. Are there, off the top of your head, are there any sleep crutches that adults tend to use that maybe if if we're grown-ups having trouble sleeping that maybe we should look at getting rid of? Absolutely. So the television is the obvious one, right? So a lot of people have gotten used to falling asleep with the television on and they have a timer um, on it where, you know, to make it shut off when they're asleep. Or a lot of people say to me, I fall asleep and then when I sort of half wake up, I click it off, you know, click the remote off. But then they find themselves awake at 3, you know, 3.30 in the morning and they can't quite figure out why. And they don't feel like they can turn the television back on because maybe their spouse has come to bed by that time and their spouse doesn't want the TV turned on in the middle of the night. So that's the most common one for a parent for an adult, I'm sorry, for an adult that I would that I would um, point out. Wow. See, okay. I never even thought of that either. I, I, I couldn't think of a better way to get this kicked off. Linnell, thank you so much for making time for us. You are so welcome. There you go, Dr. Linnell Schneeberg from Connecticut Children's Medical Center, from Yale, and from all the various other places that she makes sleep better. Reminder that if you have a question for our panel of sleep experts, there are three ways for you to get that question to us. The easiest of the three, just leave us a voicemail at one 866 8 snooze That's one 866 But easier just to remember, one 866 8 Snooze. You can also send us your question by email. The email address is asktheexperts at thesnoozebutton.com. Again, asktheexperts at thesnoozebutton.com. Or an even easier, cooler way is to use our SpeakPike page. Have you seen this thing, SpeakPipe? So you can use your phone or the microphone on your computer to record your question straight into our system, and we'll play it back like it was a voicemail. The website for that is as follows, speakpipe.com slash the snooze button. In either case, make sure you let us know your name and your town, speakpipe.com slash the snooze button. Cool stuff. We're doing another contest this week as well, this time for a copy of a terrific book by Roy Parvin, Prior guest on the snooze button, writing under the nom de plume yoga mat for a book called Yoga for the Inflexible Male. Now, you can get the book anywhere, but we've got a copy for free that we're going to give away when we make a random draw on Sunday, February the 16th, from everybody who simply sends an email to contests at thesnoozebutton.com. Again, contests at thesnoozebutton.com. Finally, 
couple ways you can support the show, help make it better. There's a way that costs you nothing at all, which is to just send an email to feedback at thesnoozebutton.com. Uh, you can also go to ratethispodcast.com slash snooze, and you can leave a review for us over there. And if you feel like support that's a little bit more tangible, we found a cool and easy new way for people to support the show. We'll put the link in the show notes, but it's as easy as going to glow.fm slash the snooze button. That's glow.fm slash the snooze button. Ton of levels of support you can jump in on either one time or monthly. And the various levels get you anything from a shout out on the show to having access to chapters of my new book before they've even gone to the editor. And again, that's glow.fm slash the snooze button. Plenty of guests coming on the show. Among the topics we're going to cover, a ton more detail and a deep dive on what's becoming known as the sleep divorce. And we'll talk about meditation and sleep with one of the world's most prominent voices in that arena. But until next week's episode, I'm Neil Headley. Hey, get some sleep, would you?